Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining this week's message from Zoe Church, Los Angeles. We are in chapter 5 of the book of Galatians, and we are studying a book together. The title of this series is called Transformed by Grace, and we are studying the difference between the law and the power of the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. I want to thank every person that gives and partners with us. If you'd like to begin to partner with us or give to Zoe, maybe this is your home church, text Zoe to 77977 and we'll send you a link. You can give right there or go to our website and you can give credit card, uh, you can give debit card or even stock. And thank you to every person that gives to our church faithfully. This week, let's jump into our message in Galatians chapter 5. To Galatians chapter 5. Go there in your Bible. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to jump in today. Go to verse number 1 in Galatians 5. And we are today, we are in part 4 of a study that we're going through. We're studying the book of Galatians together. And we've called this series Transformed by what? Grace. Grace. We're transformed by grace. And in fact, I'm going to show you the difference between the law and grace in a little bit. But this study is all about us understanding the power that lies in Jesus versus the power that we think lies in us. And I'm not here to convince you in any other direction other than God is the answer, you are not. So you and I, we are sinners saved by what? Grace. And so we're going to study together. Now I've skipped, if you're like, wait, this is... Part four, but we're in chapter five. I skipped chapter four because in chapters three and four, Paul has such a great argument that we studied it last week and it was suffice. We, we understood what he's saying. He's such a good arguer. He reminds me of my eight-year-old. Wow, you're good at this. And if you're this good at eight, send prayers for when he's 16. So he, he dominates his argument, chapters 3 and 4. And in chapters 5 and 6, he's going to get into practical living, practical Christian application. How do we, as followers of Jesus, how do we get out of the law and into grace? And what does that practically look like? How do we walk with Jesus? How many of you, this would be your prayer, that you want to do really good at serving God, not just on Sundays, but the old adage, I want to be a Christian Monday through Saturday. Is that anybody's prayer today? Because, you know, some people, it's like Sunday, you know, Sunday best. In fact, this, this morning, my son, he was dressed. He had some, like, sweats on and a hoodie. And, you know, because I'm a man of God, I'm like, son, put on, go put on your Sunday best, okay? You, you, you know your last name, okay, son? So, so go back in your room and change and get a collar, okay? You know, Sunday best. Sunday, so we put it on. We, we're at church. Hi, Good to see you. Wow. Wow. I used to marvel at my mother. Daddy would go to church early on Sundays. Mom would take us to church. All hell broke loose at our house on Sunday morning. My mom would try and turn on 105.3 on the way to church. That was the Christian radio station. And I was like, who are you fooling? You just yelled at all of us and slapped one of us, and now you're going to be a Christian. Okay, okay. So we want to get out of Sundays and into, it's just my life. My life is following God, serving God, doing my best to represent God. I don't want it to be a religious thing. 
I want it to be a lifestyle thing. Watch what he says here, Galatians 5. This is beautiful writing. I'm going to read from the NCV, different translation. I don't think I've ever read from this translation. I love the way he put it here. We have freedom now because Christ made us free. Anybody thankful today for the freedom that's found in Christ? I just want to be very clear. What are you free from? Because some of us are like, man, I'm free from my cousin, and I'm free from Vegas, and I'm free from vaping, or whatever it is. Whatever. I don't fill in your blank for freedom. But let's get some context. Paul is saying you are free from the law. So before you get excited about you losing your cousin, let's just get context. We're free from the law. And what are we now? We're in grace. Because of Christ, we have freedom now because Christ made us free. So stand strong. Do not change and go back into the slavery of the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you that if you go back to the law by being circumcised, Christ does you no good. What he's trying to say, he's writing to a Gentile audience, a Gentile audience that never thought they had a shot at grace. And he's saying, if you have received grace, but you go back to how the Jews have lived under the law, which puts an emphasis on exterior things like circumcision, he said, Christ does you no good. Because you receive grace, but you're going back to the law. He said, don't do that. Stay in the truth of the grace. Christ will do you no good. Verse 3, again, I warn every man, if you allow yourself to be circumcised, you must follow the law. If you try to be made right with God through the law, your life with Christ is over. You have left God's grace. So leaving God's grace has nothing to do with Vegas or your cousin or your vape. I just, I'm going to stay on it. You know I'm going to say it four more times. There's only one guy in our church that's like, I'm struggling, man. Stop picking on me. He's not saying, he's not saying that, you know, if you, if you go back to these addictions, he's saying if you go back to the law, you're not free. He said, then he said, your life with Christ is over and you have left God's grace. Leaving God's grace is going back to the law, not going back to your sin pattern. Going back to religion. Going back to the emphasis on you not the emphasis on Jesus. But we have the true hope that comes from being made right with God and by the Spirit we wait eagerly for this hope. When we are in Christ Jesus, it is not important if we are circumcised or not. The important thing is faith, the kind of faith that works through through love. When we are in Christ, all that matters is faith. Our faith trumps our behavior. Our belief matters more than what you do. He said in Christ, it is about believing. It is about receiving. And all of this is, it's true if faith expresses itself through love. Remember, Jesus said, the way that people will know that you're a follower of mine is through your love. They will not know it from your bio or by some scripture you post or by some bumper sticker or by some political party. The way that people will know that you're a believer is faith expressing itself through hate? No. Through comments? No. Through what? Love. That is how we know you're free. You're free to love. And I just want to encourage you today, don't go back to the law. 
In fact, let me teach you the difference between law and grace. Law is performance and grace is transformation. So when you're under the law, you better, you better, you better perform. You better, you better make it happen. You better, you, you better, have you ever been at a dinner before? You're at a dinner party and you like, you know, it's like, ah, I, I better be on for this one. Hey, you guys. This is what I believe about the middle seat. If you're going to be at the middle seat of a, of a dinner party, you better entertain. But if you're going to be off and on your phone, don't sit in the middle. Go to the end. The law is all about performance. Performing for God. God, look at what I gave. Look at what I do. Look at, I, I'm at church. I'm doing good. Are you, are you happy? Have I impressed you yet, God? I've got my pastor appreciation vest on today. Do I look like I'm a teacher of the word of God? Right? The law is all about performance. Grace is about transformation. That when you have faith in Jesus, see, because you have to understand two things that happen. Jesus is our salvation, and when you're in grace, you receive the Holy Spirit, which is your sanctifier. And so the sanctification of the Holy Spirit starts to work in you. Grace brings transformation. The change you're looking for happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody thank him today. Westside, join us and clap, and let's thank God. I'm not under the law. I'm under what? Grace. Grace. Oh, I love saying it. Let me just show you the difference between grace and the law. The law is bondage. Grace gives freedom. The law is death. The grace gives life. The law brings, brings slavery to the law. But how about this? The grace brings sonship and daughtership through Christ Jesus. The law brings cursing, but grace brings blessing. The law is the flesh, but the grace of God is under the spirit of God. Come on, clap if you're thankful today. I've got everything on grace, freedom, life, son of God, blessed by God, the spirit of God. Sounds like a no-brainer. But I'm going to preach a message today, write down the title. It's one or the other. That's what Paul's saying. Guys, it's not like I can have a little law and like some grace, but the law is like comforting and it's familiar and it's what I was raised on. But like I like grace and the concept, but also like I got to do my part. He's like, no, it's one or the other. It's the, you can't have a little grace and a little bit of you. It's either Jesus or nothing. And if you try and go back to the law, he says you've left grace and good luck, buddy. Because if you try and obey some of the law, you have to obey all of the law. So now all the consequences of the law are upon you. So let's just be all in on grace. He said, why are you guys doing this? What? He's writing to this church, you know, and they've gone back to the law. And he's like, guys, you, you idiot. Why are you going back? I told you, I told you that it's about faith in Christ. And faith expressing itself through, you can't have both. You, 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 you have to choose. It's one or the other. I'm grateful today that God has given me free will to choose in faith to trust Jesus as my salvation and the Holy Spirit as my sanctifier. Amen to that. Let me give you three things to write down to encourage you today. Write down number one, freedom is not for sinning, it's for serving. 
What does he say? Look at verse uh, 7 and 9 and then 13 and 15. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. Let me just pause there. you got to be careful because little things in your life turn into a lot of things in your life. Remember, sin always starts small and then it gets big in your life. Sin, by the way, will cost you more than you ever want to pay and sin will make you stay longer than you ever want to stay. So he said, be careful. It's a little yeast that gets cooked in and then all of a sudden it messes with the whole life. I want to encourage you to wash the little Little things in your life, little compromises, little lies, little half-truths. Watch for, listen, I'm not saying make a mountain out of a molehill, but don't let a molehill become a mountain in your life. Allow God to deal with the little things in your life. That's why the Bible says, catch for us the little foxes that spoil the whole vineyard. It's no bear that's knocking on your door today that's going to mess up your life. It's a little, little issue. It's a little attitude. It's a little rebellion. It's a little clippers. Just going to watch for like a quarter. No, you're not. No, you're not. In the name of Jesus. Watch because these little, a little yeast will mess up the whole dough. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters of Zoe Church. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, what ought we do? Use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Beware. Watch out. If you're always pouncing on people and criticizing people and look at what they did and look at where they went and look and <laughs> He said, you're going to devour one another. We call this Christian cannibalism. Why are we the religion that hurts the ones that are fallen? He's going to address this in the next chapter. In fact, in the beginning of chapter 6, he's going to address this. In verse 1, chapter 6, he's going to start to address us about rebuilding people, not tearing down people. He said, be careful, be careful that you don't bite and hurt and devour and mess with. And they did this. And, you know, Jesus addressed this. He said, why are you, this is crazy. It's Because, cr like, there's a speck in their eye. And there's a plank in your eye. And you're worried about them. But he said, you hypocrite. You've got your own issues. The older I get, the more I understand i got enough problems to deal with. I don't have time to try and solve your problems. Amen? So he said, this freedom that you have, use it to serve each other. Use this freedom to love each other. Use this freedom to bless and to give. Don't be a taker. Be a blesser. Don't devour people. Build people. We haven't been called for this freedom. I like this. In fact, Paul in other writings to the Roman church, to the church in Rome, he talks about that grace is not a license to sin. And I know that you've got this license of grace. We're under grace. Grace, praise God for grace. But when I start talking about grace, some people get it misconstrued and they think grace is a license to do whatever we want. 
And God's going to forgive me, so if I do hit the vape, come on, I'm going to go to it three more times. If I do hit the vape, and I do go to Vegas, and I do, is there another V? Nope, let's not touch the third V. Anyways, but if I, but whatever I do, I've got a license to sin because grace. Because God's going to forgive me and bless me, and I'm a son, and I got freedom, and I got all these things because of grace. So I've sure, no, 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 Paul says, no, 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 surely not have we been given a license to sin. Grace doesn't allow me to do whatever I want to. Grace, by the power of the Holy Spirit, teaches me to deny the flesh. So it's not a license to sin, it's a license to serve. I like this idea of license because when we were 16, we couldn't wait to get our license. And you got a license to do pretty much anything these days. You got to have a license to sell real estate. You got to have a license to have a motorcycle or drive a certain car. Or you got to have a license to do all kinds of things to sell certain beverages. You got to have a license for everything. But God has not given you a license to indulge the flesh. Hey, I died on the cross so you can live however you want to and get to heaven. I, I, I paid my blood so that just when you're out, living any way you want, just so in the back of your mind you know, I'm for you, I love you, it's all good. He said, no, this, 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 this is not the way that we abuse the freedom that is in Christ. All that freedom that you've been given, it has been given so you can serve people and love people and help people. And, but it's not been for you. It's been given for them. I like understanding the purpose of freedom. What is the purpose that God has given you? All the way back to the book of Exodus, God, when he spoke to Pharaoh, he said, let my people go that they may worship me. So God always wants you free so you can worship and God always wants you free so you can serve. And when you're bound up under the law and you're bound up under shame and you're bound up under condemnation and you're living riddled with guilt and riddled with all plagued by insecurity, plagued by lack of identity. I don't know if God accepts me and approves of me and loves me. When you're under this, you'll never worship and you'll never serve. But when you're under grace, you understand the power of the blood and the power of the cross and the power of salvation and the inner working of the Holy Spirit that allows you to worship God free and to serve anybody in your world. When you're under the law, you're a taker. When you're under grace, you're a giver. So it's got to be one or the other. What kind of life are you going to live? You don't have a license from Jesus because of the cross to just do whatever I want to do. Man, I got grace. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times, we don't even know what to do with so much freedom. It's like, you know, like an 18-year-old when they graduate high school and they go off to college and some, some big college and they got a taste of freedom for the first time and they don't know what to do with freedom. And so now they don't have a curfew and they don't have someone looking over their shoulder and they don't have someone telling them to eat vegetables or to do this, that, and the other. And they don't know how to deal with freedom. Don't let your life fall into the frustration of freedom. What am I going to do with freedom? Now, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to worship I'm going to serve because this freedom was given, not for me. All that matters now, he says, is faith expressing itself through love. So that will be the way that I show God, thank you for the cross. How do I say thank you for the blood and for the sacrifice and for everlasting life and eternal salvation? How do I say thank you? Oh, you told me. Faith expressing itself through love. In fact, watch here. Write down number two. I love this next part. He says, um, feed your spirit and starve the flesh. 
Jump down to verse 16. Verse 16, he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, let's pause there. Force, these are forces. My flesh is at war with my spirit. And these aren't casual beings. These are forces of nature. He says these two desire what is contrary to the other. These two forces, he says, are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. These two, I'm telling you, feed your spirit and starve your flesh. I want to encourage you that if, you, if you're wondering like, man, my flesh is just raging. My flesh has such passion. My flesh has such desire. When I was young, uh, one of my youth pastors explained it this way. He said, you got to understand your flesh and your spirit are like two dogs. And whichever dog you feed is going to win the war. He said, you got to be careful. And he explained further. He said, your flesh probably right now has the appetite of like a sumo wrestler. And just wants, because you've been feeding your flesh, it has such a big appetite. And it's got this, it needs so much to feel satisfied. He said, what you ought to do is starve that sumo wrestler and start to feed your spirit. Because maybe your spirit right now feels like it's on Ozempic. Oh, God, sorry, I apologize. Just came to my mind. Maybe your spirit feels starved. You know that wasn't just, I planned that one. Come on, that's, it's just good, clean fun. If I got to attack the vape, I got to attack everybody, okay? Everybody's in bounds today. He woke up and chose violence in a sweater vest. I got to preach the whole counsel of God. Westside, we're having a great time over here. <laughs> so what happens is we, we wonder, like, we, and we get frustrated with ourselves. How come I want to do such bad stuff? How come I, you know, like, oh, I've been in church, I've, I've read the Bible, and I got, well, first of all, you're never going to graduate past this. So they're, they're in, they, they have constant conflict of interest. They have cravings that are contradictory to each other. Your spirit man, your spirit animal your spirit person wants so badly to fulfill the call of God on your life and to love people and to serve and be godly and to be holy and to walk in purity and character and you this is your spirit man prayer and bible I want to do that but I got this whole other side and it doesn't want to go to church and it want to submit to anybody it wants to just satisfy. It's thirsty. So let me ask you, it's one or the other. Which one are you going to feed? Because whichever one you feed more has a greater appetite and a greater desire. I'm not saying the other one won't go away, but the other one is hungrier. That's why Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. He's like, oh, you got to be careful because this war that's going on, you're not bipolar. You have two forces going on in your life. Which one will control you? 
Which one will you follow? Will you serve your flesh? Whatever the flesh wants, it gets. Whatever I want to say, I say. Whatever I want to spend, I spend. Whatever I want to sleep, I sleep. Whatever I want to do, I just, I follow my flesh. Or are you going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? I do what the Spirit says. I go where the Spirit wants me to go. I say what the Spirit wants me to say. I am Spirit-filled and I am Spirit-led. Watch how he continues on. I love this in, in chapter, uh, chapter 5, 16 and 17. This is from the NIV. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want to. I want to do this. I want to, I want to be right. I want to be godly. I want to do the right thing. But how come I don't? Paul, Paul, same author. Same author. He says, what is it with me, man? The things I want to do, I rarely do. And the things I don't want to do, I often do them. He goes, what's wrong with me? Have you ever felt that way as a believer, as a follower in Jesus? Like, hey, man, what are you doing? What are you doing? I just had to. I'm having so much fun today. It's the best for me. What, you ever feel this way though? What am I doing? You knucklehead. What are you doing? You're the same person. You so want to do this, and yet you're over here doing that. He said, don't allow the flesh to control your life. Now you're a sinner, and you have a sinful nature, but that doesn't mean the flesh always has to win. We can be led and controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what does the Holy Spirit do in our life? Your Holy, the Holy Spirit is your teacher. The Holy Spirit is your reminder. The Holy Spirit is your convictor. The Holy Spirit is your comforter. The Holy Spirit will lead you into what? Freedom. Into what? Serving. The Holy Spirit leads you into the real version of who you are, which is the grace and Jesus version of who you are. And that is who God wants you to be. And let's be honest, that's who you want to be. Come on, clap if you're thankful today. That's where God's taken my life. I used this scripture last week in, in the end of last week's message. I thought it was appropriate again today. Watch what Paul says to the Roman church. Again, I used it last week, but it works right here. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. I just like that word provision because some of us, your biggest struggle is you're providing for your flesh to win. You're making preparations to indulge in the flesh. Every Sunday night, I prepare my flesh. Every Sunday night, I prepare a banqueting table for my flesh to indulge. And I'm not going to stop just because I'm preaching today. Every Sunday night around 11 p.m., I drive to any uh, McDonald's drive-thru. I don't care if I have to go to four places, but I'm going to indulge the flesh. I'm making a provision for my flesh. And I use that in a cheesy way to go, hey, you know, we all make provisions for the flesh. My flesh requires a double Oreo McFlurry every Sunday night. <laughs> and so don't you shame my flesh, and I'm not going to shame your flesh. I'm, 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 I'm having a go at our flesh, but what the Bible's teaching us today is don't, don't, make, don't make provisions for your flesh to be bitter. Because really, we're going to jump into it. What the Holy Spirit deals with is our conduct and our character. And that's what the Holy Spirit starts to really just hone in on is our conduct and our character. So I want to encourage you today, make provisions for the Spirit, not the flesh. 
I'm providing for my spirit by being in the house of God. I'm providing for my spirit by being in community. I'm providing for my spirit by being in connect groups. Providing for my spirit by being with brothers and sisters that are like-minded and like-hearted. I'm providing for my spirit. Amen? Make provisions for the spirit, not the flesh. Come on, clap if you agree with that today. Provide for your spirit, not your flesh. I love this last one, number three. All fruit starts at the root. Galatians 5, 19, the acts of the flesh, they are obvious. They are sexual immorality. They are impurity and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and discord and jealousy and fits of rage and selfish ambition and dissensions and factions and envy and drunkenness and orgies and the like. And the like. I like the and the like. Because what it's saying is fill in the blank. And what you can only imagine what the flesh wants to do. The flesh wants to take you down. You read this list, you're like, oh, no, yeah, never me. Uh uh uh. Whoa, that's crazy. But when you start walking in the flesh, you'll. The flesh will take you further than you ever imagined. So maybe you're not there today, but remember, a little yeast. You look at the list, well, thank God I'm not dealing with those, but you keep walking the flesh. The flesh will take you further than you had plans for. That's what sin does. This is contrast. And the like, I warned you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Worship team, you can come join me. Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is, oh, this is the, this is the great nine fruits of the Spirit. Look at this. But the fruits of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But the fruit, remember, I just want to encourage you today. You can have crazy fruit in your life if you're connected to the vine. But don't expect fruit if you're not in the vine. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know one of the things I love about the fruits of the Spirit? is that God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, he doesn't give you like one or two and then go like, well, if you come for six more months, we'll give you the other two. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, you don't get one, you get all. If you're struggling with self-control, get connected to the vine. If you're not a patient person, get connected to the vine. If you're not carrying peace today, you got a lot of anxiety, you got a lot of depression, you got a lot of torment, get connected to the vine. You're, you're worried about fruit. God's always worried about root. He starts with the foundation of your life. It starts with the root of your life. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. Those who belong to Christ took their flesh and said, hey man, it's been fun. <laughs> we had a good run, didn't we? Man, did we have some times together. But you're no good for me. So I hate to say goodbye, but sayonara, buddy. You're going to the cross like Jesus. And I'm crucifying my passion and my lust to sin. If you're wondering why you're sinning, is because the door is wide open for your flesh. 
There's provisions for the flesh. What we ought to do today is have a funeral for your flesh. We ought to take it up to the cross and crucify it like Christ was and say, you're dead to me. I'm not living for what you want in my life and what you say I need and what you desire. Shut your mouth. You're dead and gone. Because I'm alive to Jesus now. And so what's living in me is what the Spirit wants. And so if the Spirit wants generosity, it's getting generosity. If the Spirit wants humility, I'm going lower than I've ever gone. If the Spirit requires repentance, I'll confess every sin because I'm a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led believer. Oh, I feel like preaching today. I feel like somebody ought to take their flesh and crew. Come on, clap. Clap with me, Westside. Come on, Zoe family. I'm having a funeral today, and it's called a flesh funeral. Against these things, there is no law. There's no law against self-control and patience and forbearance and and goodness and and, and joy and love and peace. What what kind of law is there against this? So I want to tell you something. I'm getting to the root of my life. How about you? I'm getting down. I'm not worried about the fruit of what I'm, where I'm going. By the way, Jesus said we will be judged by our fruit. We will be known by our fruit. And anything that doesn't bear fruit, it gets axed at the bottom. Why? Because God wants to deal with root stuff. It's not about fruit. It's all about root. So tell me what you believe about Jesus. Tell me what you believe about God. Tell me what you believe about salvation and sanctification because if you believe right, you will live right. Some of us like we're like, man, I just wish I had the fruit that they had. No, 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 no. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at fruit. God's looking at root. Today, if we get our root right, get our root righteous we'll walk in the spirit of the living Jesus so walk in step you know some of us we feel like discombobulated because you know the Holy Spirit we feel like isn't with us and it's not that the spirit went anywhere it's that we just need to acknowledge to get into the rhythm of grace grace has a rhythm to it it's like I'm trying to be in step it's like in your marriage you want to be in step you want to be in rhythm in your parenting you want to be in step you want to be in rhythm you want to be in rhythm what is the spirit leading what is the spirit saying it's not what the preacher has to say it's what the spirit has to say so now walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh so this week It's not about Sunday. It's about tomorrow. Walking in the Spirit. Just walk in the Spirit. Tomorrow morning, I want you to wake up. If you need to, set an alarm. The first thing I want you to say is, Good morning, Holy Spirit. Just acknowledge, I'm in step with you today. Religion is boxed and rigid and rules and regulations sweater vests but the spirit is a relationship and so I don't say good morning Holy Spirit because I'm religious I activate my ear to say I want to say and step with you today any great relationship you have you never have to text hey what's up how you been where you you been because you're constantly in what communication What if this week you're just constantly in communication with the Holy Spirit, in step with the Spirit of the living God? Amen to that? Can we clap and thank God for His grace today? Why don't you stand to your feet today? Stand to your feet.